You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. 162 regular season games, six months of travel, flights, hotels, and baseball. Join us now for a behind-the-scenes look at a season on the road with the Oakland A's. Vince Catronio takes us on a journey around Major League Baseball. Starting now. I'm Vince Catronio, and welcome back to another edition of A Season on the Road. This, indeed, is a special edition. Sandy Alderson joining us today. Billy Bean joining us today as well as we talk about their relationship going back decades and really the thread between the two and the success of this A's franchise and how important they have been to the success of that. And I do want to start, Sandy and Billy, just with this time of the year. As we speak, it's mid to late August. The A's are in another pennant race. Uh, Again, the A's aggressive in the second half, making a push. And it's so exciting around here with Oakland. It's happened time and time again. Just specifically to this year, Billy, what's it like again to be in this position to hopefully – continue to contend and, and try to get to October baseball? Well, it's, this is where you want to be. I think uh, a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I mean that because I think we're very, very concerned with some parts of the club coming in, with particularly the starting pitching. Uh, the fact of the matter is the starting pitching has been a strength for us and it's been probably the most consistent part of our ball club. So that's why I'm surprised uh, because we almost had to invent this staff. The guys that are here, you know, Mike Fires, we signed after the trade, but we had to re-sign in the offseason, bring Brack back Brett, uh, traded for Tanner Roark. So it's it's one that's been invented on the fly. And it's been out of necessity because of the uh, the young pitchers who we anticipated coming back in the middle of the season uh, have been a little delayed. Guys like uh, I.J. Puck, who just did arrive here. Uh, Lazardo was a guy we thought was an option, a few other guys. So, uh, so I'm surprised. But this is a pretty resilient and uh, a tight-knit bunch. And I think that that's been one of the reasons that uh, they've been able to hold everything together and put us in the position that we are. Sandy, you've been with the organization for decades, going back to the early 80s and then taking over. And I know you're not here full time, but you know what this time of the year was like. How, how much does your blood get flowing again? Because you've been a part of these pennant races, putting teams together and try to see them succeed August, September and into October. Well, first of all, I've had a lot of fun just watching the success of the team uh, over the course of the season. And as Billy pointed out, you know, it, it hasn't been seamless. The the starting pitching was an issue at the beginning of the season, but uh, not only have certain guys come through, but uh, I've been impressed with the way the organization has worked through really a number of different starters to get where we are today. And fortunately, some of those injured uh, former starters are about ready. So I'd say probably the starting pitching is as strong today as it's been the entire season with the, the outlook for more depth. But uh, I really have enjoyed it because uh, the team has played well. It's been great to be back with Billy. And uh, um, the fact that I'm not here full time doesn't mean I'm not watching every game intently and uh, living and dying with with uh, every pitch. So um, it, it's been enjoyable and, and obviously uh, fun to come back. As Billy was winding down his playing career in 89 and 90 with the athletics and you were running things and then spring training rolls around in 1990 and the story about making the suggestion of becoming an advanced scout for Billy to move forward in a different phase of his career 
As you think back on, on, on those days and, and offering that opportunity, I mean, what, what were you thinking at that point? What, what attracted you to Billy in that type of scenario that made you feel like this guy's inquisitive enough? I think he, he has some thoughts beyond just playing the game that I think can, can assist this franchise. I'd say there were probably three things. Uh, <clears throat> first of all was his passion for the game. Um, um, not as a player, but uh, in a general sense. Uh, and that led to a, a lot of curiosity about um, how decisions are made and what uh, types of um, sort of decision-making frameworks are out there. Uh, but also, I hate to you know admit this, but he's a smart guy. Um, and uh, so it was passion, it was enthusiasm, it was uh, intelligence, and uh, then a really strong desire, a, a convincing uh, desire to get away from the playing side of the game and into the uh, into the, the front office at a you know fairly basic level. Billy, it seemed like maybe the, one of the most important things for you as you're arriving at that decision, making the change, that you saw a guy walking around spring training in a pair of shorts. So you felt like this is a guy that I can relate to and, and maybe – this is the beginning of what turns out to be a, a long-term relationship. Go back to those early days of making that transition. Oh, no, I specifically remember the, the, the first uh, day I saw Sandy. And, uh, and remember, when I was coming up as a player, for me, I always, I always wanted to run a club. You know, I, I did have a passion for, uh, for baseball, but uh, playing for me was just a, a chance to do what I'm doing now. And, and, and when I first saw Sandy, I was a, uh, came over to the club in 1989 as a, a six-year free agent. And you know, there's Sandy was kind of a, a, a maverick type then. You know, there's a there was a certain mold that the general manager fit that Sandy was completely different. You know, military officer, you know, Ivy League graduate, and so I you know, you'd heard a lot about him and the way things they were doing things here in Oakland. And so I was really curious. And and I think the first time I saw Sandy was in spring training. We were over at uh, the community college where we used to uh, work out uh, there in Phoenix. And he came up in a pair of shorts, and immediately I go, "That's my kind of guy, <laughs> right?" And so, in some sense, I was a little bit, uh, uh, a, a little bit in awe, you know, mainly because of his background just was so unique. And and it was funny. I didn't, as a player, I didn't really get to know him too much. You know, it's just it's not normal to have a relationship uh, with a general manager. You know, where you're talking on a daily basis. Uh, but it was again. It was the background was so intriguing. The way they were doing things here in Oakland, and uh, in, and so uh, uh, you know, Sandy mentioned before about you know the, the advanced scouter. I remember the day that happened too. And now this is a funny story too. Is that Ron Schuler was the advanced guy, and uh, and he he started talking about his job as the advanced scout. And and I said to him one day in the outfield shagging balls. Uh, I just said, hey, that's something I I think I'd be interested in when I'm done playing. And, and and Ron goes well if you if you do you let me know you know let me when that day comes and and then uh, the next day we went up to him I said I think I'm ready now <laughs> and then I listen I had an amazing opportunity to work with a, just such a progressive organization with Sandy at the top of it and you know, Tony was the manager but I remember the day I, I did take the job I was in uniform as a player and then I went over to the other uh, I met with Sandy and there was a trailer back then and I remember Sandy telling me he goes. All right, we're going to give this a try, but no promises after you know after one year, right? And uh, uh, but I was so excited, and, and the other, you know, and just being around that energy and that just with just such a unique uh, time to uh, to be in the organization. There's so many great executives, great players, and so I was really, really lucky at the right time. And I had, 
you know, one of the things I think I had the advantage, I tell this to young executives, I had a, I had a business mentor, you know, it was Sandy. And, uh, and as long as we were together, the one thing I never, I would never have gotten bored working under him. In fact, he, he may not recall, but I remember the day he said he was leaving, I, I was crushed. I mean, I was the GM, but I, you know, this, you know, I could have worked for Sandy forever. And I remember coming home to my wife and Sandy actually met me at the airport in San Francisco to tell me that he was going to be going to the commissioner's office and I was crushed. And so, uh, again, I had a lot of breaks, a lot of people that really, uh, I think, again, were, were great mentors along with Sandy and uh, it was the right time. So, Billy, you used the word awe and you mentioned the resume of, of Sandy and it's, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Marines, Vietnam. Harvard Law School and all the things he's accomplished in baseball. You right now are the face of this franchise, and I think people from the outside, when they see you, even though you're a guy that dresses casually, but you are, you know, you are all in on trying to make this thing work, that you have that persona as well from people from the outside, and maybe even people inside the organization see that from you. How did you learn from Sandy to make that work, and how did you learn to use uh, some of that and, and maybe knock down some of those uh, thoughts from people inside or outside the organization to develop long-term relationships? Well, first, the, the thing from Sandy, well, you know, and even going back to our relationship, one of the things that was really great about it, I mean, beyond, you know, how bright and intelligent, the way he learned the game, the way he looked at things was just so unique. And it really, quite frankly, uh, you know, the Bill James, I remember he came and he threw a bunch of tattered pamphlets on my table, you know, read these, read these. And, uh, and it really was what prompted me to sort of develop the, the thinking that I ultimately had. It really started with Sandy. And, uh, but I think the most important thing, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring Sandy back, uh, and we were lucky, uh, was the leadership. You know, I seen, I, you know, I saw Sandy go through so much. We had uh, such a change in the organization. We went from a high payroll World Series club to where we had the lowest payroll. And, you know, and it was his leadership that sort of got us through, the, you know, the very difficult times, very challenging times, some great times. And it was just always so consistent. It was always, and it was always, and one thing, you know, when we were here, when learning understanding, there, there was never a great, you never worked in the gray areas as, as, as it related to, you know, moral and ethical decisions. And, uh, and I always remembered that. And so I had the opportunity, and some of the people who are still here had that opportunity. But for years, we would always sort of, we'd always kind of refer to what would Sandy do when we had difficult situations. Even there was years, Sandy won't necessarily say it, but even after Sandy left, if I had a very challenging decision, I would call him, you know, because I, you know, he was the one guy that I really respected what he had to say. And then over the years, we would sort of pass on these stories about what Sandy did. And so, but there's a whole group of people, including David, who never had the opportunity to work with Sandy. And so when he, when we had the chance to bring him back, for me, it was a personally. I love having him around. I, you know, I said that one of the first days we had when I went back to my wife Tara, and I just said, "Sandy's one of the few guys, and you know, maybe this is a fault of mine that he still says things that resonate with me that I, I never thought of that." And you know, you do this job long enough, and sometimes you do get a little closed-minded, and you think you have all the answers. But I mean, from the first time he came, you know, first day he was back, I realized there's there's still things Sandy says that I never thought he, and he'll always look at things in a completely different way than anybody else I've been around. And, and to have the younger baseball ops employees, when I say younger, I said David never had the opportunity. Now David gets the opportunity, and everybody else around, and it's it's been fantastic. But I go back, it was, it was the leadership was the the thing for me that uh, uh, was most important, in, you know, being around Sandy. 
Sandy, we see Billy, you know, in many respects, the finished product and the things that he continues to accomplish, accomplish with this organization on a year-by-year basis. But that, that first year, did he know what he was doing as an advanced scout? I mean, when, when you got some of the, the paperwork and some of his thoughts of what he was seeing and what he was analyzing and trying to help the team win, what were you seeing from Billy? Well, I think everything that uh, we anticipated and expected uh, was realized. I mean, again, the passion, the curiosity, uh, the intellect, all of that reflected in the advanced work. You know, the advanced work is uh, sort of like an amoeba. amoeba. It, it, takes, it can take on a, you know, a structure and a form of its own depending on who that person is. And uh, it can be very narrow or it can be very broad. But I think that what, what came through was just the enthusiasm. And whether that's, you know, tackling difficult travel schedules or uh, adding insights that, that um, you know, the average person either wouldn't see or wouldn't, wouldn't communicate. Uh, you know, after that, that year, there really wasn't any doubt, I think, in anybody's mind in the organization that, um, um, you know, Billy was somebody who uh, was going to uh, do well. And, and by the way, it wasn't just his baseball skills. Uh, you know, Billy's a very smart guy. He's articulate. He's persuasive. Uh, part of that's his personality. Um, uh, part of it's just a, a gift that he has. And I can remember one of the first, the, I guess the first year he was an assistant general manager, just uh, and one of the things we needed to improve was our ability to attract six-year free agents, um, which doesn't seem like a big f- sort of free agent market, but could be very important, and I think has been uh, to this organization. And Billy was all over it and uh, very successful. So, you know, from the beginning, it was pretty clear that this that Billy was going to have uh, success, and then it was a matter of time. And the one thing that I didn't mention uh, about Billy that I think is very true it's uh, it was reflected it was reflected in my tenure here, and it's reflected even to this day. And that is, uh, he's a tremendously loyal person, and uh, he was loyal to me when I was uh, GM and 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 president here and because because he could have gone a number of different places and didn't um, uh, and it's re- so it was reflected at that time it's reflected now I mean the fact that there are a number of people who were here even when I was here years and years ago uh, is a reflection I think of the loyalty that uh, Billy has to people who um, uh, represent, represent the organization and, and have helped to the, for the success of the organization. And what that's led to is, and I think this is so important in organizations, is something that I've observed here, and that is uh, an alignment from top to bottom. The people are all, they're not thinking the same way, but they're pulling in the same direction. It doesn't mean that there aren't new ideas that uh, are introduced from time to time, but there's a real alignment here. Everybody's, you know, pulling on the rope in the same direction. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with, um, um, what Billy represents and the loyalty that he's shown to people uh, over over a long period of time. This is a special edition of a season on the road. Um, Vince Catronio with Sandy Alderson and Billy Bean and and Sandy. You, I mean, today people use terms, you know, analytics and try to paint that broad brush with what that means in baseball. There was the movie Moneyball and the term market inefficiencies. They're trying to find that and try to exploit that. But going back to when. You joined this organization, and just the way that you looked at things, you talked about what was called the process and something that you felt like 
was a way of, of attacking this particular industry in a certain way. And I'm just curious at how that came about, where, that you would come into, a, you know, into the national pastime with your background and feel like, I have a different way to look at this, and I think it's a way that can make this organization successful in the way that it wants to be. Well, I didn't bring that with me by any means. Uh, um, you know, when I got involved with the A's, I was uh, initially general counsel. Uh, I was the lawyer. Um, and through a series of uh, fortuitous events, I guess, I became the general manager without any real experience or um, uh, insight into, for example, how to evaluate players. About that time, there was some writing that was taking place that made a lot of sense to me. And uh, that kind of formed a conceptual framework for uh, going forward. Um, but at that time, it was more of a, as I said, a, a concept than it was actually um, uh, anything more than that. Because while today we have metrics and data and statistics on almost everything, uh, in those days there wasn't a lot beyond the box score. And so, you know, the idea, for example, of on-base percentage and various things was really conceptual in nature. It really hadn't been proven. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Billy did was um, kind of fully implement those concepts uh, as more and more data became available and uh, realized the importance not just of the underlying concept but the the uh, actual metrics themselves and how those could be used uh, to uh, augment, you know, player decisions. Billy, again, in 2019, as an A's fan, you're watching from the outside and this club is involved and they see that their front office is aggressive and you're willing to go out and, you're make, and you make deals and you've made so many deals over the years. As you began this process in the front office and worked as an assistant at the Sandy, what was that like initially where you you had a thought about moving this player or acquiring that player and, and you had a belief and you had to state your case things that you ask from your staff now what was that like back then with sandy well remember too when i joined you know we I, well you know looking back on some of sandy's big trades you know bringing in uh we brought in day parker bobby welch is one i remember before i actually got there and then um also harold baines you know even the conseco trade willie mcgee all those so it was kind of part of the ethos. It was, you know, the ethos of the organization. That's what what we did. You know, and, and Sandy told me, and, and he was the first one to tell me, he was always thought it was really important when you had a good team that it was important to bring somebody into the clubhouse, to, even if you had a good team, to add somebody, right? And I also remember too the Ricky Henderson trade. I was here as a player. In fact, uh, we, I don't know if I even told Sandy this. So. Uh, it was uh, it was a couple of days before the deadline, I believe, and um, it was you know Cateray, uh, Eric Plunk, were two of the guys in that deal, and unfortunately they were the ones who gave me a ride to the park that day. Oh. So so when they traded, when they got traded, I had no ride home. Right? <laughs> so uh, but it, that it was he you know Sandy always said that it was important to to do something to show the club you know sort of reward the club for a, a good first half, and I always remembered that. And uh, and so for us, it's always been about a part of who we were. And you know, sort of, you know, weighing, you know, giving up young players. And we've done both here, as Sandy had to do when he was a general manager. And we've listen, we've had such highs and lows in terms of. 
payroll here too because at one time we were the highest payrolls and then when me and Sandy were together we had to immediately you know throttle down to one of the lowest I mean we've you know we've had some trades that were fun and even together and the ones that were not so much fun that either you know I don't think either one of us wanted to do when the Mark McGuire trade comes to mind in fact it allows me to segue to a story the year before I took over uh, the, the lowest time I ever remember this franchise the entire time I was here was the night we traded Mark McGuire we weren't a particularly good team uh, we had a very low payroll. Again, that was a tra transition. Was we were full full transition from high payroll to low payroll, and and we we traded Mark. Mark, we had to, right? I think Mark was ready to leave, and uh, and we were walking out of the F lot, and there was cameras here, and they, we were just getting crushed everywhere. And Sandy had to deal with it. You know, I was the assistant, so I didn't have to deal with it, other than you know being, you know, the second guy in command. We walked out, and Sandy probably doesn't even remember me, him telling this. He said, this was 97, he said, listen, now you won't have to deal with this at the end of the year. But Mac was going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And, you know, possibility, at that time, I had no idea, because Sandy's not somebody who would tell you, hey, you're going to be the GM in two months, right? Well, as it turned out, I was the GM, and I didn't have to deal with the idea that my first transaction would be whether we signed Mark McGuire or not. And, uh, and, it, and But what was interesting about that time, and I'm sort of rambling here a little bit, is that Within a month, though, we could start to see the light at the end of the tunnel because we had put in a tremendous amount of effort and a lot of uh, uh, sweat into the farm system. We were transitioning to a player development organization at the time, and we had a great farm system soon to arrive. And about a month later, after, it was when Ben Grieve and Tejada and those guys came up. And even though we still weren't a good team, you could sort of see uh, that was going to be the next group of guys. And, you know, Sandy didn't stay around to realize some of the things that he started, but it was arguably the most talented and deepest this organization's ever been. And uh, uh, and it was really, really satisfying to organically, you know, uh, create a team that, that, was, that was that good. And then, like he had did before me, we had that group of players, the Tatas, the Chavez, the Giambis, and then we added to that, you know, the Jermaine Dyes and guys like that, sort of those finishing touches that were similar to the Baineses and the McGees and, and guys like that. But that's kind of always uh, how this organization's been. And, and uh, like I said, we, I learned it from Sandy. And, and you know, you, you, you have to be smart, but it's, there's also times, you know, you have, as they say, you have to have a little bit of a gunslinger in you. And uh, it's important for the organization, it's important for the clubhouse that uh, you, you send the message that, hey, you know, you guys have done your job, we're going to keep adding to this thing. Clearly, the, the relationship between you two is, is so deep. But I'm, and I know communication continued after Sandy left, and certainly with him back in the organization, that speaks to how important he is to you and to the athletics. But what was the first day like when Sandy wasn't here, when you sat in that chair? I know, Sandy, you, know you could reach out to Sandy, you could have conversations and whatnot, but now you're actually sitting in that chair, and the onus of everything fell on the shoulders of Billy Bean. Yeah, you listen, it was a little, uh, I, you know, Sandy was a security blanket f for all of us. And so when he left, it was, yeah, it was, there was a little bit of apprehension, you know, because, you know, you could always go to him when, uh, you know, difficult questions. He just knew the leadership was there. No matter how tough the time, he knew you were going to get through it. So it was, it was probably a little bit too like the Tom Cruise movie, too, uh, when you got the keys to the car, too, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so... You know, at that time, it was me and JP. It was me, JP, uh, and, uh, you know, Sandy was going to the commissioner's office. We were kind of the main two guys at the top. And the first thing we had to do was go about finding an assistant GM. And that's when uh, we went out and hired Paul DePodesta. Uh, so, uh, but it was a little bit, we were, uh, you know, a little bit concerned, you know, uh, mainly because we were, we we're still very young, too. At that time, you, know, you see a lot of young executives now, but, 
it was really um, myself and Brian Cash and maybe Kevin Towers were were the only three guys in our 30s at that time. Uh, so, uh, and we weren't at that time a very good club. That being said, when Sandy left, we arguably had the best farm system in the game. So he left uh, a, a, a situation that ultimately we all knew was going to be good. So that was the only thing that was comforting that we did have a good farm system, and ultimately that was realized. So, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, real good stuff. Well, Tahada, Jamie, that's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Hudson, Boulder, Zito, because Sandy was here when we. Did all those guys, and uh, uh, you know, he was the head of the baseball operation. So, listen, if you're going to step into a GM job, uh, pretty nice to step into uh, you know those guys and having those guys uh, in the farm, and we did. So it, it was a it was a good time to inherit the, the throne. Sandy, I know you went to the commissioner's office, but after that, you got back involved in baseball. You were with the Padres and you were with the Mets, and that means that there's opportunities to improve those clubs or look at other clubs like the Athletics and see if there's ways that the deals can be put together between the two. Once, once that part of this relationship began, uh, what were those phone calls like? I mean, there's certainly you know, a great uh, respect on both sides. You've got a job to do. Billy's got a job to do. You're trying to do it right for both sides. What, what were those conversations like when you were sitting in that chair again with somebody else? Well, first of all, going back to when I left for the commissioner's office, uh, the A's were really fortunate to have Billy here because that was a time when things needed to be uh, uh, kind of reevaluated, and it was going to require somebody with initiative and sort of a risk-taking personality, and that's what Billy brought to the position, and it was exactly what uh, the organization needed at that time. Um, so when I went to the commissioner's office there for, I don't know, six and a half years or so, uh, we would have talked occasionally, but, but not in the context of uh, trade or what have you. And most of the trade conversations while I was in San Diego went through Kevin Towers. And I do know, recall we made one deal with the A's uh, for Milton Bradley, um, you know, which turned out okay for us. Not great, but okay. Um, and then... Uh, we tried to make a couple of trades uh, while I was with the Mets. Ended up making, I think, one or two. Um, missed out on Zobrist, which uh, I think uh, uh, cost the Mets in 2015. Um, but um, uh, that's when Sean Manea came over to the organization, so Billy made the right choice there in terms of uh, what he could get back. Um, you know, it's... It's not that our friendship uh, contributes to deals, nor does it, uh, you know, detract from the possibility. Um, but uh, you know, I can remember the. I, I, how would I describe Billy on the other end of the phone? Cagey, you know, uh, um, friendly, but you know, and stiff arming me a little bit. So I don't think I got any real advantage uh, as a result of the relationship. But. Um, you know, we were able to make a couple of deals, and it was uh, fun to do so. When you two have been involved in so many things together, and you were, as Billy mentioned, the mentor at the beginning, and then he goes on to do things in a very aggressive and very positive way here, how's, you know, what are the emotions? How satisfying is it for you to see that you watched this person that you saw at an early time in, in this part of his career and felt like, maybe I did see that on the horizon, and, and so far so good for him? No, I think it's tremendously satisfying. Um, I uh, take a lot of pride in the fact that Billy has had the success he has, and uh, 
believe me, I don't believe for a moment that I had a lot to do with it. But just just the the, the association, the friendship, and uh, the, the joint history that we have together um, has always uh, given me uh, a lot of pride in the success of the organization and, and Billy personally. Um, the other thing that I've really appreciated is, is, as I said, the continuity that exists here and the fact that, uh, you know, Billy recognized that some people, not all, but some of the people who were here when he took over um, had not only done well in the past but could serve the organization well in the future. And it's amazing, uh, you know, that, I mean, it's not a huge number, but there are probably 10 or 12 that are still here. And it's, it's not a function of me having selected them at the first place. It's... Um, uh, it's Billy, I think, recognizing that um, um, somebody with experience and with loyalty to the organization as opposed to somebody personally uh, can continue to, to contribute. Because often what happens when organizational leadership changes, everything else changes. And um, I've never viewed it that way. I've, never, I've always tried to work within the framework of what you know, I was given. Um, but it doesn't always happen, and that's certainly the A's have benefited uh, from Billy's attitude uh, um, toward that um, for decades, literally. As we wind down the special edition of A Season on the Road with Sandy Alderson and Billy Bean, Sandy, one last question for you. It's, I don't know if it's ironic or not, but as we're talking in 2019 and Billy mentioned about the guy he saw at spring training wearing shorts, you're wearing shorts right now. You've got an A's logo shirt on, and you're back in a certain degree with this organization. What does that mean to you? Well, um, first of all, I'm wearing shorts because at this point in time, you know, uh, Billy sets the tone, and uh, he doesn't have shorts on today, but he's got jeans on, uh, which are the, the long version of uh, shorts that uh, I have on. But uh, no, it's it in a small way it reflects uh, continuing um, uh, sort of definition of the franchise, and uh, that's not to say that wearing shorts is appropriate under all circumstances, but. Uh, you know, one of the things I've tried to do wherever I am uh, to create an environment, Billy talked about, you know, me not talking to players uh, when he was a player, uh, you know, excessively. And what I've always tried to do is create an environment that is friendly but professional. That's a hard thing to do. It's hard to, to look goofy or uh, underdressed or what have you and still pro maintain a professional environment. Uh, but I think it's the right one in, in baseball. I've always felt that way, friendly but professional. Um, and so when I come back here, uh, you know, I experience the same friendliness, but I also observe the same professionalism. And uh, um, that's, a very, that's a very comfortable uh, place for me. Billy, my last thought for you, because you've, you've certainly expressed the strength of your relationship with Sandy and, and all the things that have been accomplished by this organization under your charge since Sandy left. And we know the, the, the charge is always trying to get back to the postseason and roll the dice and see what happens from that point forward. But he's not going to talk about it, but he definitely had a legacy here, Sandy did, with the club. And you have established that as well, and in part because of what you learned under him. And you're going to give that to people behind you as well. 
This organization means a lot to you. There's no question about that. And he's Sandy's been an integral part of that. How do you bring all that to you know full circle about what you continue to do on a daily basis and know that a lot of it had to do with the relationship you had with Sandy from day one? Yeah, and, and again, the whole everything about this organization was that we still have today, and part of that is the loyalty that Sandy mentioned is was started by Sandy. You know, one of the things I'm, I mean, we're all sort of, you look at in sports, you know, you have the Bill Walsh trees, and, and one of the things I think that uh, we're all that are still here and some of that have left and even gone on to, you know, big things as well. JP ran the Blue Jays. He was a Sandy hire, very close friend of mine. Uh, you know, Paul was my hire, but we, we all sort of came from Sandy's sort of viewed as the guy at the top of that that tree, and we're all very proud to be associated. I remember I tell this story all the time. Uh, my first general manager meeting was 1993, and it was in Boca Raton. And I was really excited because now I'm in a room with the big boys, right, the guys who make trades. And uh, and Sandy, uh, you know, Haas is owned the club, and Sandy wore Levi's. This is, baseball GMs didn't wear Levi's to meetings back then, and he'd wear his button-down Oxford. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'd get to the meeting early, right? And I remember being there real early. And Sandy was a club president as well. And he'd bring in a stack of papers, and he'd sit in the back of the room. And all these topics we'd be talking about. And meanwhile, Sandy would be sitting back there. And as soon as he'd hear something he knew he had to comment on, he would, he would start to speak. And the whole room would stop and turn around and listen to every word he said. I mean, it was, I, I was extremely proud that I was working for the smartest guy in the room. And it was obvious he was the smartest guy in the room. And, uh, and, and you talk about the legacy here. I mean, you know, he, he, we sort of joke about the whole shorts, but I, I, I think that we, you know, we, we feel there is a casualness, but there's a, co- a real competence. And I think uh, that extends all the way through the organization and certainly through the baseball operations for all these years. And I think about what I'm really proud of to be able to take, you know, Sandy had confidence in me. He started, I think 1981 was Sandy's first year here. He was the GM for 17 years. This is now my 22nd or third year. And the idea that you can take that length of time and only have two people running your baseball operations, I'm very proud to be a part of that legacy. And, and you know, listen, and here, you know, at some point, we're going to you know, hand the torch off to David. I want to say at some point, because David's, you know, me and David work on a very flat structure here. And, and David's been here 20 years. And the idea that maybe David could be here 20 years after I'm is, is really an incredible. And it all starts with Sandy. And, and, uh, and listen, it's part of this, this organization. And, uh, I mean, you know, Sandy was the Oakland A's. I'd like to, th- again, think that I'd carry that torch. And, and uh, David as well. So uh, something I'm very proud to be a part of. And I think, again, you know, the, the Alderson tree at the end of the day is going to be, uh, is, 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 it's already impressive. And it's going to continue to be impressive. Because I think in some sense, even David, you know, uh, sees himself as sort of an offshoot of that as well. Even though I, me and Paul hired him, you know, we all sort of came from you know, Sandy's tree. I did, but uh, I think they see themselves as carrying on Sandy's torch as well. This has been a very special edition of A Season on the Road, and uh, thanks to Billy, Billy Bean, spending time. I know it's hard to get you to sit down for a few minutes, and I do appreciate it. Sandy, it's great to see you. I really appreciate getting a chance to know you here in 2019. Look forward to seeing you again for many years to come. So for this edition of A Season on the Road, I'm Vince Catronio. Join us again next time when we bring you another Season on the Road episode. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 